excited about this water bottle, by the way. Uh, it's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah. Drinking, drinking, drinking water like it's my job has been my new saying of pan- pandemic <laughs> self-care. <laughs> I tried out some others. It was um, uh, I tr- I tr- you know, drinking water like it's my job. One. The other choices were drinking water like it's my birthday <laughs> and drinking water like it's your mom. Uh, <laughs> I like the last one. <laughs> yeah. So Uh-oh. depending on my mood, it's usually like it's my job. <laughs> Post just got erased. What? Why? I wrote the whole thing and then it. <sighs> Aw. Okay. All right. I'm just going to make a short one. The Enlightened Couch Potato Podcast <laughs> is live. You've noticed that Nicholas has the tendency to talk out loud the typings. Oh, I do. I totally do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I think we're good. Are we going to yeah. do our countdown now? Now we're officially starting. Sure. You want to do it or me? I think you did it last time. All right. Oh, what's the um, what's the Janet Jackson one? The Rhythm Nation countdown. Nope. All right. <laughs> Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Enlightened Couch Potato Podcast. I'm Nicholas Rave. I'm Adrienne Gunn. And here in this podcast, we talk about how you can watch movies and TV for maximum psychological and spiritual development. Or how you can TV deeply. Today, we are trying a new thing. So you get to witness and be with us as we try this new thing. First thing, I'm You can watch us crash and burn right now. That's a new thing. I'm standing up. I feel good about that. And, and wiggly. I feel wiggly. I do things with my hips while I stand. And we're also trying this thing where we have not done a pre-show meeting. We've not discussed what we're talking about today. We, I made the suggestion that we should try flying by the seat of our pants because I like that energy of mm-hmm. like, let's just figure this out. And I always feel like when we're in the conversation before it started about, well, what did you watch and what are we going to talk about? That I'm always like, there's some gold in here yeah. that it, it feels forced to do it afterwards when we like, no. So whatever. Sure. Also, go first or me? I am wearing pants. I don't know about Nicholas. But I'm definitely the seat of my pants is something I can do because I I'm usually clothed and have shoes or boots on. Usually I I have a saying that I I repeat to myself sometimes, which is no matter how challenging or difficult my life is, I always feel grateful because I have the kind of life where I don't have to put on pants. I usually do, (laughs) but I could not. And you wouldn't know which I think is a sign of a, of a luxurious and abundant life. <laughs> yes, I appreciate that. I suppose there are times when I live that kind of life, only I, I, am, I am one of those entrepreneurs who absolutely makes my bed and I get dressed for the day I want to have. Oh, and yeah? I also, which includes a kind of access to creativity, and it has a lot to do with my guitar, it turns out, even if I'm not in, in the habit of playing it, because I, I can't put my guitar on comfortably over a poofy sweatshirt. It, it slides if I'm sitting down and I've got slippery pants on. So sweatpants, I can't guitar. And I just recently learned I cannot play guitar in uh, standing up in tennis shoes. 
it feels wrong. So I've got to be really? having like harness boots on if I want to stand to play. Wow. Because it's just, that's what my body. So you're will. like always prepared for the possibility you might have to play the guitar. Exactly. You never yeah. know when you're just like walking through life and somebody says something amazing. You're like, fuck, I got to write that out. I got to play yeah. that out. What that's, that's a song probably. Right. Mm-hmm. Like always ready. I've, I've lived the kind of life where I want to be ready to run, climb a tree, kick some ass or play my guitar. I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Nicholas, what are you watching? Uh, I watched a lot actually. Um, this week was a good week for TV watching. So we're still going through Farscape. It's amazing. It's getting better and better. I love it so much. Um, uh, I watched some really crappy movies. Um, and I think that might be sort of what I want to talk about. Um, but I will say from a good movie perspective, um, like a surprisingly good movie, I watched the new bad boys movie. I won't spoil anything. Yeah, I hilariously thought I made the goal this weekend. I'm like, I started Bad Boys 1 and it had two set up because I want to watch three. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get through this in the weekend. My weekend shifted in a way that was awesome. Ended up spending time with a friend. But when you said you watched Bad Boy 3, I was like, that was, we were on the same wavelength. Yeah. Well, I heard people were like, hey, it's actually pretty good. Like the first two are like peak uh michael bay right like Hmm. to me like the rock is probably the best michael bay movie Uh, do you know do you remember that one about alcatraz with uh sean connery Mm -hmm. and and nicholas cage that's a great michael bay movie actually has like a nuanced plot and the villain is kind of sympathetic and good movie great action um silly one-liners and like crazy car chases in san francisco Mm -hmm. um uh bad boys one and two he's really starting to like like take his time with the slow-mo glory shots and stuff yeah um but he was not that involved in this third one and it does feel like i don't know if michael bay knows how to make a good movie anymore because of the transformers things might have like broken (laughs) him (laughs) (laughs) right okay uh i'm not sure we'll see like maybe when he starts doing other things but he does have a cameo a rather obvious crazy cameo with lines kind of cameo which i was like that's michael bay (laughs) yeah i did get through the first bad boys movie Mm -hmm. this weekend and i i knew that i was gonna love taya leone because she's just fucking delightful yeah uh, and a wonderful surprise and so not the obvious choice for the like damsel lady of action Mm. flick in the 90s right Mm. She was like edgy and brassy in a really cool way that yeah. was a contrast to what was usually happening in those movies. And last week when we talked about uh, that tr- the training, the potential training product where you go and you you know you work out to do the scene, that running scene, with, which is like epic Bay, you know, ending yeah. with the, like up from the ground and they're like panting that Will Smith, like running through the houses. Yeah. That's one of the ones point break and bad boys. One has that freaking epic sprinting. Yep. <sighs> Explosions and fire and gunshots and slow-mo climbing down and over stairs and rooftops yeah. and the whole thing. I keep Make saying me look like Haywire. a badass. <laughs> the, what is it? Gina Carano. Uh huh. Haywire movie literally has every single kind of action flick scene that I would love to do. Like 
She's got motorcycle chases. She's got the the sprinting through the thing. She's got shooting. She's got like close in fighting, freaking like leaping over buildings, car chase, like every, I think there's some vertical stuff. She pulls off all, all of the scenes that any movie would be lucky to have one of Yeah, is in that movie. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. I one of the things that I giggled about was how ridiculous the the trope of the action movie. So I think action movies have evolved too. We were talking about romantic comedies evolving. Action movies have evolved quite a lot where really you only needed like one dumb weird non sequitur catchphrase. <laughs> and there's some like Something about baggage or you forgot your luggage or some dumb shit that <laughs> Martin Lawrence yells before like blowing up the plane. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that was the thing about action flicks. She's like, yeah. you know, the Austin La Vista or the dumb crap that you're just like, oh, I'm going to suddenly say this. Dude, peak <laughs> one liners is Commando, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Oh, yeah. It is. There's so many one-liners like he throws a knife into a guy and it's like stick around and then he like like uh hits this guy into like a steam vent and he's like bennett you gotta let off some steam but then the best one (laughs) the best one is he like there's this guy like with a gun to his back and he's going onto an airplane he's Uh going onto an airplane holding a gun subtly like (laughs) this was in the 80s yeah. So then he's got like a gun to Arnold's back. And then as the guy is putting the luggage up, Arnold breaks his neck and then subtly like puts him in the seat next to the window and puts a hat on him. And yeah. then he he goes to the uh, flight attendant and is like, don't wake up my friend. He's dead tired. <laughs> <laughs> and then turns around and leaves. I think why it works is it's like dad puns on steroids. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. You're so right. They're dad jokes. <laughs> but but they're the, like the hyper masculine dad yeah. jokes. Yeah. It's dad jokes, but I'm a badass. <laughs> it like scratches that itch. <laughs> I'm a badass dad making puns. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, Yeah. So Bad Boys 3, it was good. It wasn't like mind blowing, but it Mm -hmm. was good. And it had some interesting themes that I can't spoil without um, spoiling it. Um, So uh, do you want to go next? We'll go back and forth. Sure, sure. I, yeah, I'm going to spend a a small amount of time. So I am not wearing a Legends of Tomorrow shirt under my shirt. I do own one. And it's from season three, but I am rewatching Legends of Tomorrow and we got to season two where I'm saying they get into their stride of figuring out what kind of fun that they could have. So the, the, the premise is that they're saving time. So they have a time shift and they're, they're chasing people who are trying to screw up time. And so they're trying to save it. So what they are doing is they start not, they're not being precious with their characters. They start to really figure out who their characters actually are. And then they're also not being overly precious with history at the same time of having reverence. So this particular episode in season two is where they have to save George Lucas because uh, whatever events and shenanigans go on or, or get screwed up, George Lucas suddenly doesn't, he drops out of film school. And so they have to save George Lucas because he's been so influential into the characters lives they don't become the professions that they are so they suddenly can't 
they're not going to they're not going to have their superpowers. They're not wow. going to have their skill sets. And I, I thought you would dig knowing that that's. I mean, even with his as burned and disillusioned as I have become around Star Wars, I got to say that gave me chills. Right? <laughs> Just yeah. thinking about like the impact that a single story can have on the trajectory of the whole world. And people yeah. talk about it with Star Trek all the time. They're like, look at in the 1980s, Star Trek had iPads and they had all these other things that like planted the seed for stuff. Yeah. But you can't quantify the impact that Star Wars had in the same way. Like that impacted me in the sense yeah. of I live my entire life centered around the philosophy of following my bliss right. and serving, like save the world, make the world a better place. Like that is mm -hmm. the core of who I am. And I gotta say more than anything that came from Star Wars. Yeah, I well, I just... I'm still in the middle of that episode, but it just got to the part where they just, uh, and it was perfect to walk into our show from this moment, recognizing the power that a story has for people. Mm. And for these two characters, it was Star Wars and Indiana Jones were the pivotal stories that got them excited and moved them forward in their careers. And I think everyone, everyone has those movies. Ah, yes. I already yeah, said whether it's how, those movies or a different movie. Yeah, I always said that there was the Goonies reunion. I think I said this last week. Mm -hmm. And uh, the shivers I got with Sean Astin giving the speech at the top. Oh, giving the speech. It's their world up there, but it's our time down here. <laughs> that thing. Oh, right? Yeah. So I, yeah, I just, I just love that. That shows exist that could be playful and not taking themselves too seriously and that they can still have that kind of serious impact if you watch it in a particular way. Like I mm. like chills and recognizing, oh man, God, absolutely. The numbers of humans that I know whose lives were impacted, essentially Star Wars is one of those turning points for all of movies. Oh yes. I mean, unquestionably everybody that, that formula was proven through that movie and then um, was, remixed and remixed and remixed ever since and and arguably may never not be the theme or the the, the structure of um your standard hero's journey because it's universal there's a reason why it works so well yeah. yeah you know when i think about you said the evolution of action movies and yeah. you were talking about like silliness and playfulness and not taking it too seriously right i i think about sort of two movies come to mind. One is the Fast and the Furious series, mm -hmm. which um, I don't know if you've watched, but... Some of them, yeah. The first one takes itself very seriously, and the second one does kind of too. And then slowly over time, they start to get... Like, they're in on the joke. Uh -huh. And it's not the same as, like, that sounds like the, the show you're watching sounds like they're they're not taking themselves seriously but they're also playing with bigger themes and interesting yes. ideas yeah other than like family 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 like <laughs> there is no theme to those <laughs> movies other than testosterone and family and um <laughs> uh but that not taking yourself seriously like being like we know it's stupid like just get into it like 
I enjoy those movies more than the Michael Bay schlock because mm-hmm. Michael Bay takes himself really serious or the movies seem to take themselves really seriously. Right. Um, the other movie that comes to mind. Oh, damn it. Am I going to remember this? Uh, it's Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And. Um, oh, boy. He plays an assassin. Oh, are you talking the one with Cameron Diaz? Night and day? Is no. That it? Nope, no, 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 no. This is this is evolution of action movies into like a movie that feels so believable to me. Um, Who played Django? Django Unchained. Oh, 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 oh. uh, I need to be able to look these things up, and I don't have my browser open. (laughs) Oh, this is good television right here. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, the comedian guy. Who's a great singer? Yep. Mm, Jamie Fox. Fox. Good job. Woo! Yes. Pat yourself on the head. That was amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Tom Cruise plays a hitman. Okay. He's got like gray hair, and Jamie Fox is in it. Jamie Fox plays a cab driver who gets like sucked into his night. Sure. Have you not seen this? Maybe. It's so good. And it's like, it's like action and tense. And it's the opposite of that. We're not taking this seriously. This is just fun, but it's, it's so believable and so tense. And I, I absolutely love Tom Cruise as a bad guy. Like it, it was, it's one of my favorite, just like perfect action movie it's a small plot it's not about the whole world's gonna fucking end it's just about this one guy and how he gets like sucked into this night and then what happens and it's oh my gosh it's so good and i um also can't remember what it's called right now (laughs) yeah i have so my viewing habits in the last couple of weeks are a combination of some things that we've talked about where i say that i i really want to be conscious the intention of how you watch television is part of what we talk about. I really want to be conscious of what I start to watch. Like, I know that I have Ozark to watch. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to ingest o- Ozark right now. I don't want to feel that. And when we're talking about action movies, action movies showed up for me maybe six, seven years ago where I recognized when I watch an action movie, and especially if I watch it on a big screen screen or I get to watch it loudly in my living room. There's something that happens in my body where I just get really excited about doing life. It's just easier to do life. I don't have to effort. It just, like, I get it. And I think it's primal. I think it's related to how much I spent time with sports. It's, like, cellular about warrior stuff and war and explosions. And just, like, high-impact, fast, fast-breathing intensity. I... I have a lot of that in my body from soccer and basketball and tennis and like chasing around and, you know, blowing up my friends when I was little. Cause that's what I would play. I would, we would shoot each other all the time yep. and kick each other's butts. So let, let's get, let's get meta and TV too deeply on action here for a second. Yeah. For me, die hard is maybe the pinnacle of what action movies are about for me. So it's obviously like, um, like uh, fantasy, like you're you're living vicariously through this. Mm-hmm. But to me, 
Die Hard is so good because before then you had Arnold Schwarzenegger and even Sylvester Stallone and these other action heroes who are untouchable. They're mm-hmm. larger than life, yep. literally. They're inhuman in a way. And Bruce Willis was the everyman. That's what made it so interesting. And the the point of the action movie to me is to see someone overcome adversity. Yeah. To see somebody face how are they possibly going to make it through this? And then to go like you live through that experience and you find something inside of you that's that you didn't know that you had that comes up to the surface. And I feel the exact same way, like action movies, good action movies, ones that I can really let myself get into are the Mm -hmm. ones that I'm like, they do just make me more motivated. Like they make me want to exercise. They make me want to get shit done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Tom Cruise is my most consistently favorite version in the sense of it's elevated every man. Cause Bruce Willis. Yeah. Very seems very every man. He gets beat up a lot. That sort of thing. Tom Cruise also is not huge, but there's a there's a different level of mastery of his skills in most mm. of the characters that he plays. But mm-hmm. it also includes all the like mission the Mission Impossible stuff specifically includes all of these mishaps, accidents, just lucky yeah. as f, or something going so incredibly wrong, and then just making a split like decision. The, so it it feels both truthful in the sense. They're not perfect. He like night and yeah. day is him making fun of how perfect action yeah. usually are. Yeah. And it's tongue in cheek and it's funny as F. His other characters tend to be a lot more human, but they are if you were to actually dedicate yourself to a mastery of those kinds right. of setups, and then you still get into these situations where you're in over your head and and the stakes are really, really high. So for me, it's it's a combination of like aspirational every man, because Tom Cruise isn't necessarily special or spectacular mm-hmm. or different from any one of us. Like we could do this too. Can we gush about Tom Cruise for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first of all, that movie's called Collateral. With oh, him yeah, and okay. Jamie Foxx, and it's a Michael Mann movie. Um, cool. And really, if you have not watched it, watch it. It is okay. so good. And I didn't spoil anything. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so Tom Cruise figured this thing out with the um, Mission Impossible movies, where it's yeah. the stunt thing, right? So it it, I, it started with the, the skyscraper in Dubai, um, and then, right? No, uh, when he that took over the Mission Impossible, he he started with the drop down. Okay, I, he all started right, doing all his right, own all right. Yes, so you're right. First before. movie, yeah. First movie, he had a thing that was like a, a a crazy stunt that was like physically demanding and taxing, and they really did it to a large extent. So okay, yeah, yeah I'll grant was, you. Uh, motorcycle chase, and then it was the before he did the Dubai thing. What was in third one? The third one is where he is. They find the top of the movie. They find him free climbing in uh, Zion, Utah. No, that's the second one. Okay, but yeah. he like leaps across a rock. Yeah, and jumps to catch something. You're right. Bizarre. You're right. Oh, yeah. That was the John Woo one where there's a lot of slow mo and stuff. Um, that was fucking amazing. Okay, so yes, so you're right. <laughs> it's been from the beginning, but yeah. they but they've certainly ramped up. 
like yes. Dubai, then the underwater thing, yep. then the I'm climbing all over the plane while I'm it's on the outside of a plane. And then I'm jumping from space and they had to do that 50 times and they really did it. Like they didn't use CG, like they CG'd some clouds and stuff. Um, so, so you now know that he's making the sequel to Top Gun, right? Oh yeah, I did hear about that. And he actually learned how to fly <laughs> fighter planes. For the first time in U.S. history, they're letting an actor for real fly like F-22s or whatever the planes oh, God, are that yes. they're doing. But yeah. guess what? It doesn't stop there because people have always made the joke like, what? when is it going to stop? The next movie that he's making, it's not one of the Mission Impossible movies. It's a different okay. movie. Yeah. He's going to the International Space Station and they're going to film it on the space station. Part oh, of it. Away. He's, he's going to go into space and they're going to feel, I'm just like, you know what? Say what you will about Tom Cruise. <laughs> Probably the leader of a really destructive cult and a whole bunch of other crap. And also, goddamn, the man knows how to be an entertainer. <laughs> and, well, and also like the audacity of living in a particular way. Yeah. Just, just, mm, if anybody's sort of figured out a matrix thing. Yeah. I know it, 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 it definitely made me want to go read Dianetics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad's pretty fond of the, uh, uh, the, the, what is it? Leah, the woman who's Remini, whatever her name is, who's like left Scientology and the things that she's revealed. And Oh her- yeah. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Uh, Leah something or other. She was on yeah. Rogan's podcast once. Yeah, I'm talking Woo. about the whole thing. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Uh, we enjoy him. Yeah, like at some point he's going to be too old to do this shit. But until then, let's enjoy it. And then maybe he'll die making one of these movies. Is he going to hang out? Is he already hanging out with Dave Asprey and figuring out how to, like how to reverse reverse age? Oh, dude, of course he is. Like yeah. bathing in the blood of fucking. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Unicorns from the yeah. Sea. Um, all right, all right. Is it my turn? Yeah, go for it. So let's talk about crappy movies for a second. Crappy movies, apparently. <laughs> so I watched. Uh, speaking of um, uh, Fast and the Furious movies, I watched a new Vin Diesel movie. Oh wait, called... is this did the I one talk... from last week? Did I talk about this already? You did. I thought I watched this this last week. Yeah, it was oh. like the, the dad bod movie. That one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. All right, so I got another one then. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, more crappy movies. So um, I want to talk about bad movies. Yes. This is something you love to talk about, and we both love this. Yeah. So um, I started watching a new series at the um, suggestion of our mutual friend Morgan mm. called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. It's a TV series from the, the BBC. Okay. And it's basically this kind of Stephen King sort of author, but he's totally like up his own ass, like borderline sociopath, does not understand how he comes across, has made this TV show in the 80s. And then um, apparently like the BBC approaches him and says, we want to, and they didn't release it because he says it's too controversial. And so they approach him again. And he's like, only if I get to do intros where I introduce. So he comes on and is like all full of himself and talking about how amazing and revolutionary these shows are. And it's so bad. And it's intentionally bad. It's like, they're all in on the joke and it's like, 
like beautiful continuity errors where like the person will like disappear from one shot and appear in like in two places in the room. It's so funny. And it makes me think of how much I love this show on YouTube, which I've talked to you about before. And I'm going to throw the gauntlet down again to say, go watch. There's a show on a a YouTube channel called red letter media. They have a show called the best of the worst. Mm -hmm. And it is obviously in the spirit of mystery science theater 3000, which is something I used to watch all the time when I was a kid, watched the new series when it showed up on Netflix. It was very good. Best of the worst is this one where they will take horrible movies um, and then watch it and film themselves watching it so you get their reaction and then they discuss it afterwards. But the thing that I find so like it's a car accident that you can't look away from about bad movies is like, how did this happen? Like, I think of so many of these, the, the Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is a joke. It's based yeah. on the idea that these sorts of things happen. Totally. But these movies on Best of the Worst are actual, like, crazy people. You know, I've, I've heard it said that if you walk around with your fly down or, so, or something green stuck in your teeth for a long time, you don't have any real friends because sure. nobody... Yeah is around to say, hey, like, I'm not, I'm not worried about hurting your feelings. I'm going to tell you, hey, your fly's down. Hey, you right. got something on, on your face. The people who make these movies, like making a movie so hard yeah. and to, to get all the way from inception to the movie is finished and you got other people roped into it. You have actors and writers and makeup people and, and the whole movie gets made and like actually somehow distributed in some sense of that word it's like how did nobody at some point stop this person and be like uh uh yes. <laughs> no so i think some of its nepotism then yeah. also the evolution of entertainment we are in such an interesting peak of entertainment at this point but and you gotta remember like cable started needing to have content and so some of the cable and uh broadcast tv broadcast tv needed some of these like movies that didn't quite do as well as they thought i don't the original captain america (laughs) for the longest time people didn't actually have accurate information about you know the nielsen's on people's tv sets were sort of across the middle of the country but they they didn't necessarily determine if those people liked a thing that everybody else would like it and they would do these pre-screenings to see if somebody would dig it uh then there's the thing of like people in power throwing money at stuff and things getting passed through like there's not a lot of oversight at, at certain points i remember like b movies has been a thing for a very long time. Apparently, I think there are equity. I don't know if it's equity specifically. They're, they're like the union workers in movies that actually have to always be doing something because of contracts. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, there were some amazing stars that just kept having to push out something because of how movies yeah. made money, which is kind of wonderful. There's a lot of schlock that comes out of Hollywood, but I got to say the ones that are the most like, what the hell is this? Are ones that are self-financed. <laughs> so there's one in particular on Red Letter Media on the best of the worst. I'll, I'll find this one if you want to start with this. Okay. Because it's basically, it's a lawyer 
who had enough money to get friends of his and like hire a film crew. And he like paints himself as a kind of James Bond, kind of like he's badass at everything. And then at one point he sings a song that he wrote that he really thinks is probably good. Like you see it and you're like, this guy thought this was going to be like a hit. Like he was like, yeah, this is going to, and he's wearing a cowboy hat and he's like, I'm like, it is so bad. It hurts so much to watch. Yeah. Um, Oh my God. It's that. And it's just, it's a passion project. Like those are the ones where you're like, ah, and I'm not, I'm not even laughing. It's more like just curiosity. Like I'm just fascinated by how these things happen. <laughs> oh yeah. Passion also projects of the business people behind Hollywood and not necessarily the talented people. Cause there's all those producers who don't yeah. I think there's a lot of producers that just like, they, they, they have ways of making money and figuring it out, but that's not necessarily the, the creative force. Yeah. I don't think there were any, there was anyone from Hollywood involved in, in a lot of these things like that. Like, I know what you're talking about. There are yeah. like, like B horror movies or C horror movies that are like so bad. And, and sometimes they'll even have big stars ish former big stars that will show up yeah. and they sometimes do those ones. But man, the ones that are just like one visionary, like the room, like, you know, the room, right? I, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Yeah. Same kind of thing where it's just like, what? how did this happen? I thought people liked the room. Uh, people like the room in the kind of way that you're like, oh, this is a crazy person. Like a crazy <laughs> person made this. <laughs> and how did he get so many other people to participate? Like, That's awesome. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I just, when I think of like B movies and such, I just think of C. Thomas Howell. What's that? C. Thomas Howell is a human's name. Okay. He was, he was in the 90s. He was in all, he was the lead of a whole bunch of B movies. He was in The Outsiders. I don't know okay. where, like, how, you know, Patrick Swayze from The Outsiders goes, you know, like, ghosts and such. And then C. Thomas Howell uh, ends up on... He's in a lot of stuff. I know! He would, like... He and... Man, his, his resume Corey is Hain packed. And yeah. the other Corey Feldman... We're very B movie. Corey Feldman. Yes, 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 for sure, for sure. Oh, like the Getaway, <laughs> and the second Rock and Roll High School Forever. Oh, I love. There's so so many terrible movies. I love a lot. All right, so that that was my uh, pontification around Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which I haven't finished, but oh my god, it's so funny. So I had on the calendar. Last Friday, I had upload Amazon Prime and wrote it down for like it was on there. I was like, oh, some is released. And I I've heard a bunch of people I, say I need to watch this. Yeah. I forgot that I saw the, I don't know, three months ago, I saw the, the trailer for it. I was like, oh, fuck, that looks amazing. I have to watch it. And I blasted through that in like two and a half days, three days. It is good place good. I'm really, really excited. Yeah. I'm really like, you'll put it that high up. Robbie Amell, uh, who's Stephen Amell's brother, the cousin, younger cousin. I think this guy is, I mean, I hear really great stuff about him. He and Stephen Amell did a movie called Code 8, which is finally on Netflix. And that's pretty fun too. Although Stephen's 
awful in it. Uh, I mean, he's just one note in it. He kind of, he kind of, I don't know. The writers of Arrow just sort of kept him in the same two emotions for the last few seasons, which is rough. So that kind of carries over in Code 8. But Code 8's concept is freaking cool. But like Robbie Mel is in this show where they, if you are dying, you get to upload your consciousness into this other place. Yeah. And there is, um, You've got like customer service that helps you adjust to your new living space and it's your afterlife. So it's another afterlife show and it's made by the Parks and Rec people. Mm. I did not make it through. I think I'm in the second half of episode two of Parks and Rec because I'm like, I don't like any of these people. I'm not having mm. fun. So I aborted. But apparently that's. Great I've, like I've heard that that one is another one that like the second season is when it sort of takes off and they sort of figure themselves out. Yeah. Um, I've never gotten into it either, but I, I know like other people who like stuff that I like are like, oh, no, no, it's good. It's it's amazing. Yeah. So upload is weird. It's quirky. It's both really lighthearted, but also weird and dark. It has moments of like, whoa that happened good god uh so it's surprisingly funny and i left feeling the same kind of joy that i would feel during good place and it's punchy and those episodes are like short they're like 26 mm. episodes. so it's the same okay. i think it's the same kind of delightful that good place is and it's really fucking well written and i think amel actually does stretch into some emotional roles i mean you know there's um I really like the way that television is allowing characters to be more fully expressed. I think that helped that I went back and saw bad boys and the, I'm really looking forward and I'm really excited about the sexual renaissance that men are going through that, that I think started once everybody uh, started growing like beards way longer than I enjoyed that was the beginning of like the male sexual revolution. I think that started like six ish years ago, but there's something happening where we've been talking for a very long time about how female characters aren't very three dimensional or, you know, multi-dimensional. And it's the the Alison Bechdel test of like, Oh, they only show up. If there's two women together, they're going to talk about a guy. If they don't, there's a whole list. You can go look it up. Oh yeah. And yeah, I think we're finally getting to the part where like men are having a, uh, an expansion of who they're getting to be and how they're evolving in, in shows too. And I think there's definitely a pinch of that in this particular show. Cool. Getting to see a more rounded character. There is a black mirror episode that is about that same concept, Mm. but it is not a comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, uh, but I, I, it was one of my favorite episodes of that show. And there's a lot of good episodes of that show. Um, that that one seemed like one you might actually dig. I'm I might be willing to watch that episode. I I recall being really confused about how to life after some of the episodes of Black Mirror. A, a, like, it is a little episodes. bleak at times. <laughs> yeah, there's one uh, uh there's one episode that's probably the best uh, by far, and it to me it is an episode that's so good that it's like it should be a movie. Mm. And I it it starts out on like a Star Trek kind of spaceship. And then it goes in some very interesting places from there. So I'll, I'll 
hook you up with those two episodes. Just cool. watch those two. Okay. It's worth it. They're worth it. I won't have to. And I, I I'll, to I'll grab shelter you from the, uh, from the bleak, like the whole world is going to end like uh, yeah. dystopian stuff. Also not joking about the soft blanket. Uh, if you have uh, like a soft, floofy, furry, just pet yourself blanket. Do I you have... know what we just recently discovered? No. Have you ever used a weighted blanket? Oh, I haven't yet, but I kind of want to. We also have a blanket that's 20 pounds. And uh, Lindsay brought it over. And like, it is like a cocoon. Like you put it on and your nervous system just goes. <sighs> <laughs> it's so weird. It's like being swaddled. Mm-hmm. Um it's totally worth it yeah 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 well that will be my next purchase i've heard i've heard definitely good things i mm-hmm. recall back i think three four years ago when i was prioritizing emotions and connection to my body i started working with a somatic based therapist and mm-hmm. i don't recall what was going on but she had me like pick up this soft blanket from this basket next to the couch and i picked it up and i was holding it and then i was like started weeping yep so i'm like what but he's a, he's a good therapist so, <laughs> uh, i like it oh no <laughs> oh no it was terrifying it was like wait i want soft things yeah that's that awful. sounds like somatic work <laughs> yeah um those were all my shows although i'm in the middle of the uh, Mr. Rod, one of the Mr. Rogers movies. So uh, I got another one. Um, went back and rewatched a movie that was like uh, my experience the first time and the second time was uh, this has no business being this good. Um, <laughs> okay. And it, 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 I feel like the ending like doesn't quite hold up quite as well as the rest of it. But man, the first three quarters of that movie are so spot on it's called the other guys wait with will ferrell and uh mark Wahlberg. and it definitely is one of those let's play on the tropes of action movies but then like n- do not what you're expecting yeah cool um Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I had watched it before and was just like, wow, I thought this was going to be like, ah, fine, forgettable. And it yeah. was like, it's a standout action comedy, like really, really good. Mark Wahlberg and, and Will Ferrell are so funny in it. Yeah. And they, they just do stuff in the script that you like. Will Ferrell's relationship with his wife is <laughs> so unexpected and like mark Wahlberg just can't figure it out right you gotta watch it it's really i cool. love mark Wahlberg and things and then i and then i like like i like a like approach with the like do i need to run i just like approach with some uh trepidate like 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 little will ferrell movies i'm like can I, oh yeah yeah do yeah I wanna, Where's my escape hatch, just in case? I'm just like, no, this is ready. this is wonderful, Will Ferrell. Like sometimes <laughs> he's great. Sometimes um, it's just very like sniffing your own farts kind of thing. Yeah, one of the things I really love about where he fits in our evolution of humor was something that I was doing on purpose. I really did happen to love that antisocial awkward humor you know it's only weird if you make it weird wait 
maybe you just haven't heard it enough and I'll just keep doing the noise or that, like that place that, that sort of like the culture got to and it got a little exacerbated yeah. and awful in some of the early aughts, like uh, 2001 and two, some of those movies, like I, I think, what is that newscaster thing he's in? Anchorman. Uh, yeah. I mean, Anchorman it's, one it's so... really got me. Mm-hmm. Anchorman two, I felt like, nope, you missed the window, guys. Like these jokes, this is the same movie yep. and this humor doesn't land anymore. It was a right. very brief window. Yeah. Mo- Molly Shannon superstar is also one of those uh, where awkward comedy had a kind of interesting peak. And it was Did it land for like, you? Where, where it's like, oh, these people are not worried about what they look like which was a yeah. really important evolution this is not dean martin's fucking comedy right um jerry lewis theoretically also jim carrey theoretically were willing to be ugly but i think that they had an external eye they're always conscious of how they were uglying uh whereas will ferrell and molly shannon were both part of this just like chris farley I would put in that boat like Chris Farley to me could get to that place where he has no idea what he looks like. He's just like completely liberated. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a fun thing to experience. I remember loving that in my own evolution of my humor of being the person at the party doing the thing that didn't make sense to fucking anyone just to poke the edges of what's okay. Yeah. In society. Yes. And I got to be careful of when I drop into watching that kind of stuff, because I I actually kind of like the way that people enjoy me and then reward me for not being that edgy antisocial version of myself. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, if you, if you want to boil it down, it comes down to flexibility. Like the idea is you want to be capable of going there, but you also don't want to be, the person who can't shut it off. Like (laughs) I've heard that there were times when Robin Williams could be really hard to be around. Now I've also heard other people be like, no, no, no. He knew when to shut it off. He just didn't (laughs) a lot of the time when you thought that he should. Right. (laughs) And like, I've heard stories about him like approaching other comedians, like at their show where he's like wearing a hat and a beard and nobody can see who he is and coming up and being like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, I thought you did an amazing job. And he's not the Robin Williams that we all know. Like that's a character that he plays. Yeah. Um, But we, we put those people on a pedestal for a reason because they model for us what it looks like to like, let go of your Mm. concern and your fear and just be like, I'm going to let my freak flag fly. Yeah. And, and then it turns out that in that vulnerability and authenticity is strength. Yeah. And Oh, I say this a lot. I love the, I love having theater and acting in my background of being able to just play other people. Like when children are younger, they play. They yeah. role play. They try on personalities. And we're doing that. Part of part of watching different characters go through something is you get the mirror neuron response of getting to experience someone else's adventure. Or yeah. the the I think that's why people love Bond. 
because they're like, oh, I could be a sexy dude. You sounded very much like you were talking about other people when you said people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not your thing? (laughs) Trying to ask. Your enthusiasm is like... (laughs) Did you see Casino Royale? Because I feel like... That one is a is barely even a Bond movie. Yeah, yeah, it's in that interesting. It, it stands out separate from the other ones. I love the full full body parkour open. Yeah, of that and and where that that character goes. I um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I actually know my earnest response to the Bond thing. The rest of the Bonds to me are all fine. They're like a product of their time and like the old ones and stuff. It's funny to watch Sean Connery be super misogynistic because <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That was a thing at a time when you could just do that and say that. Wow. Um, yeah. But there like. Are, there are points at which like I can like relate to like eight year old boy, Adrienne. And then pretend that that one got to grow up to be like, but there's just estrogen's an interesting thing. What's missing in the <laughs> Bond movies for you? Like not enough. Like okay. he, when you say like the, there's not a, a place for like um, nuanced female characters. Like Bond is not a nuanced male character, obviously. No. So like, is that is that what you're alluding I, to? I mean, it's just we kind of like it's a it's a it's a. Uh, there's the, I guess there's this feminist resistance that lives in my body where it, like the explosions aren't as fun because the women are just objects and it's, I'm always so over it. And that well, this new one you might like because um, Phoebe Waller Bridge like rewrote the script. Do you know who hmm. that is? I don't recall where she's from. She's the the woman who made Fleabag. Um, who everybody's just like falling over themselves saying like, she's a total genius. Um, uh, And so she got brought in to like punch up the script and apparently like took it in a, in a very different, like a lot more female depth. Um, So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I I also like, I think it's like bond and X-Men don't land for me. I still think like the answer. I still want to see that Jeffrey Epstein Bond movie that I came up with. I told oh you God, about I don't that think one, you, right? You told me about that. Have we not talked about you, it on here? Ah, uh, I don't. I don't know if it made it here, but it's super. Uh, hold on. Are you ready? Okay. You, you, want, me, you, ready? you want me to do it? Ooh. So my my idea for a I would prefer it if it was Daniel Craig Bond because I really like him. But fine, you can do it with a different Bond. But the idea is to play with Bond, the womanizer. Right. And to to do something different with that character. So my idea was that (laughs) that we have a character, the, the villain ish of the movie is basically like very clearly modeled off of Jeffrey Epstein. So he's like a sex trafficker and um, and like it's obvious who we're talking about, but he has dirt on everybody in the world. He's got dirt on all the politicians from everywhere. So Bond is tasked with keeping him alive 
while the whole world is trying to kill him. But while he's keeping him alive, he's kicking the shit out of him at every opportunity that he has and also lecturing him about what a monster and and a worthless piece of garbage human that he thinks that he is because Bond is able to say, no, here's what I think. And like, you can separate, like, I feel like it would be this healing experience for the whole world to be like, this is what a sexual monster looks like. And this is the pinnacle of masculinity being like, I wish I could kill you. I wish I could. I can't because you're going to take down all these other people. But like, it's such, ah, I want someone to make that movie. All right. You heard it here, folks. That's, it's high concept mm. and uh, low blows. <laughs> it would be so like viscerally satisfying, right? Ugh. Also, does Bond heal his own shadow? Um, I don't know. A lot of where are the fingers pointing in that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I could see him like it would depend on what avenue you wanted to take. Like maybe there's a way that he's like, I've never been what everybody's thought that I am. Yeah. Or it okay. could be that he's like, no, I've grown and I've changed. I've, I kind of like the other one. I like the, the one of like redeeming Bond and being like, no, I've never been that way. Like, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Who could make that? I, someone would like who would direct it. Oh, God. I well, mean, I don't know. Write- like, depending on how this new one goes, Phoebe Waller-Bridge can write it. <laughs> that would be fabulous. Like, <laughs> just reach out to her. Everybody's but- home. Everyone's yeah. at home. Just send her a tweet. Send her a tweet or whatever, wherever she who would, who would Who would make it? <laughs> Years ago, I heard that Quentin Tarantino was up for making a Bond movie. That's who I want to make it. <laughs> okay, bug him. He's available. He's got friends. Yeah. He's got all his friends. How do we get this movie to happen? Yeah, and he can write it too if he needs to write it himself. Because <laughs> I think, like, he loves that, like, torture, yeah. like, revisionist history shit. Like, mm-hmm. that's exactly the kind of high concept thing that he could be like, that's a Bond movie that I'd make. I don't know. Also, he's really good on the edge of uh, having really misogynistic characters who have a weird sense of honor around yeah. Yeah. females. Yes, exactly. You're totally right. He creates these really badass female characters. Yeah. Well, and then I mean, he could bring in like all the the Kill Bill badass female into the story too. Like, I don't know how that. One of the assassins that's trying to kill him. Yeah, this this is the point at which I'm like, I'm not a screenwriter. I don't know what to do with it from here. I just have that. That's it. I'm done. I got nothing. So somebody else take it and run with it. Is it tagline? Is it what they call it? Write the write the tag. Sell the option. Write the tagline. I don't even know. Like, it's always Bond something something. So I don't know. I I don't. Uh, that's not really my gift. (laughs) (laughs) Bond something, something Jerry Epstein esque. (laughs) Yeah. Thingy stuff. James Bond Epstein didn't kill himself. That's what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right. It's almost three (laughs) o'clock. We have. So there we are. We we did a, that was our seat of the pants show. Well, I think that I actually watched a couple of other things, but I don't remember what they are now. That's fine. So we could be done. Yeah, I think we did it. We got to oh. go figure out who's going to make that movie. I'm going to pass out. Ask, ask Liz to help you write the, I don't know if it's tagline. It, there's a thing. You write a thing. It's just like, I think it's called a treatment. 
Well, the treatment's longer. There's mm, a, there's okay. a, like a one second. Yeah. It's like the blurb or something. Yeah. You're right. And then you send that out to producers and they'll buy that for 10,000 and then you, you know, work it up. Yeah. God damn. I want to see that movie. I don't even care. Like if I make any money from it, like yeah. I, I'm like, I'll give it to somebody. Just don't let it die in a, in somebody's drawer. Cause God Damn it. Even if even if you can't like, listen, it's never going to fucking happen. Like they're never going to take bond and like do that with this with that brand. But somebody could make a movie that they're obviously ripping off bond. And it's like Ryan Reynolds, John. <laughs> and like, uh, I don't think that it would. It's realistic. But the, the problem with Bond villains is they're all fucking the same like and like even in the daniel craig movies i noticed this recently that almost every villain in all the bond movies has some kind of physical deformity which is like normally i don't get all up in arms about like people being like like uh anti um disabled whatever but i'm like that is pretty fucking weird that like every single one of them has some kind of scar or like which really does like lend to the feeling you go out in the world and you see somebody who was burned or something. And you're like, Oh, they might be a bond villain. Like that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) It's really fucked up. Yeah. I have an awful thing that popped in my head. It's like, yeah, you know, there needs to be better branding for, for these outsider cultures and, and, and individuals. (laughs) Yeah. Bond is not helping the, the people with different, different, uh, differently abled and scarred. That's the phrase I was looking for. Yeah. I think it's an awful (laughs) way of describing. Uh, I happen to be differently abled, but it's not that obvious to people. I'm one of those like hidden, hidden disability types, but ish. Anyway. Yeah. I got to, I got to join the ranks too with my cancer surgery. Yeah. That, Uh uh, that definitely means that my right and left side are capable of different things. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fascinating way to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's the right note to end on now. No, I, I feel like we should have ended like five minutes ago. <laughs> we can, we can, we can, fix we can it. cut oh, this, was... cut this part, cut, cut it. Yeah, no, this is, we don't need this part. This is just too, it got too real. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> we don't have good slogans for like, go team. Yeah, you got to know when to, when to bail and leave them wanting more. And, and we didn't, we just stayed overstayed our welcome <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> which is actually fucking stupid and hilarious because um technically what <laughs> i actually have a button that does that but it's yeah funny. well we can both do that because i'm standing too <laughs> all, right, all right and on that note visual notes <laughs> yeah. podcast people will love it Thanks for joining us. Folks, thanks for joining us. If you stayed till the end, like I'm amazed. I very much appreciate that. And um, go out and watch some TV and and let it hypnotize you. Absolutely. TV deeply. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. (laughs)